With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Peace, 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 and welcome to The Rematch, which is part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. On The Rematch, you'll hear in-depth interviews with notable names from all walks of life. Because sometimes the media just doesn't get it right. The rematch is that second opportunity to clarify, put things in proper context, correct fake news or misreported controversy. The media still exists as the most powerful entity on earth because they control the minds of the masses. I'm Atan Thomas, and the full truth is what we are aiming to catch. Many media stories omit details that would dilute their clickbait roar. And that's why there's a need for the rematch. Today, I sat down with Dwight Howard. We talked about how it feels to finally win an NBA championship. His silencing the haters and critics. We talked about his battle with Joe Kick in the Denver playoff series. Uh, His response to criticisms by Shaq. Free agency, Black Lives Matter, uh, married life, and much more. This was probably the most open I have personally seen Dwight Howard ever be on an interview. I'm sure you will enjoy every minute of it. Dwight Howard, how you doing, sir? I'm doing amazing. How about yourself? I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. Thanks for taking the time to come on. uh, the rematch on basketballnews.com and fly TV. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. You still, you still on a high right now. Like, you know, I, every time I've seen you on Instagram, you just had this big smile. So uh, you, yes, sir. How you feeling? I feel amazing, man. I feel so grateful and blessed uh, just to be in the league for 16 years and uh, to, to play the game that I love and, and also have a chance to actually uh, win the championship. So, you know, every day has been like a dream. It doesn't seem like it it, it happened. Uh, so I'm just trying to soak everything in right now and just enjoy this time, you know, um, and I'm just so thankful. Yeah, you know, I was happy for you um, as we was watching and going back to the finals. Um, you know, you even on the court, you looked happy. Even when yes, you sir. was on the bench, you looked happy. And I, I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- this was a redemption season for you you know what i mean yes, and, and is that how it felt you know from the beginning uh yes you know uh actually it started um in the summer of 2019 uh, after i had just finished having back surgery mm-hmm. uh me and uh, my family and my, my wife's family were sitting at home and you know i was telling everybody that 2020 is going to be 
a really awesome year. Yeah. Um, and I and I feel like we're going to win a championship. And uh, I just had that feeling all year of, hey, we're going to win. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. And uh, just every day on the court, I was just so thankful. And, and it didn't matter if I scored. It didn't matter if I played 35 minutes or 40 minutes. The only thing that mattered was, you know, actually holding up that trophy. And, you know, sometimes you have to give up everything in order to win. Yeah, you know, it, it's – it's tough because, you know, when, when I'm talking to different people, you know, and they talk and they always refer to the first stint in L.A. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they compare the two. And what, what was difference between the first stint and the second stint in L.A.? Uh, well, see, the first stint in L.A., I had just came off a of back surgery. Uh-huh. Uh, I also came off uh, a tear in my labrum. Okay. And I also uh, – well, one of my uh, ribs had popped. Uh, oh, wow. So it was a lot of things that was going on that I never even mentioned. I just tried to play through them. And uh, just, I, I would say it just wasn't the right time. The first stint, man, I just think everybody wasn't healthy. And, you know, we had a lot of issues. But this year, it was just everybody came together. We talked before the season. You know, I remember the first talk uh, I had with uh, the team and the GM. And, you know, I told them it didn't matter if I played uh, big minutes or anything. Or even if I started, that didn't even matter. Right. I said I was going to do whatever I had to do to help this team win. And I was dedicated from the beginning of the season to the end to do anything, whether that be on the bench, being the loudest cheerleader, on the floor, being the best mm-hmm. screen setter, uh, mm-hmm. whatever, it, whatever it took, you know, I, I was willing to do it. You know, I, you know, after the season, I wrote an article for BasketballNews.com um, really praising you and JaVale because of the way that you all handled uh, the fluctuation of playing time. Oh, and I, did you see the article? I saw so yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So because it, I thought it was a good example. You know, I coach AAU now. Got got my shirt on right now. The mm-hmm. you know dynamic disciples, and I coach AAU now. But it was a good example for younger players about how you stay in the team. You know how it could be when you're not playing, yes. and you know somebody yes. pout on them, and, and they always pan the camera to the other person who the person is is you know what I mean subbed in for. So like when you yeah. do well. They pan the camera over to JaVale. Or when JaVale does well, gives a dunk or something like that, they pan the camera over to you. And mm-hmm. y'all were always cheering for each other and happy. Was that a concerted effort or was that something that just naturally happened? I think it was both. You know, okay. I think uh, in the beginning of the season, it just naturally happened because of the talk that we had before before we uh, started playing. You know, mm-hmm. me and him and Rondo and AD, you know, had a really good conversation. And, you know, like I said earlier, I just told him that I do whatever it takes to win. And if I don't play, I'm going to be the loudest person on the bench. You know, I'm going to be cheering for everybody that's on the court. Uh, just bring that energy, you know. The energy is contagious. And I think that it really transferred over to when we got into the bubble where it was no fans. Right. So, you know, it's very important for us to stay locked in because uh, it was hard. You know, coming from, you know, a player that has played 48 minutes a game, right? Uh, being the one to get all the points and rebounds and, you know, stuff like that, you know, to to being a, a role player, you know, I think, you know, it's very tough for a lot of people to do. Uh, but, you know, sacrifice is, is everything. You know, if you're willing to give up yourself or give up something to get something, you always win. And that right. was uh, myself and JaVale's model. Just give, give everything up no matter what happens. Just go play as hard as you can and, 
you know, every time he got a dunk or a three or whatever mm-hmm. he did, I was the first one jumping up and down, being excited because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like he's an extension of me, you know. Right. And uh, it just felt good seeing both of us succeed this year and actually winning the championship. That's great. That's great. And I, I was really happy for you. And, you know, and also happy for – you know, I got big man bias, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with small balls. So when you was playing against <laughs> and it went small, I was like, oh, look, you know. I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. But I said, you know what? I'm going to stay ready. If, if I don't play this series, I'm going to every day that we don't have a game. And even on game days, I'm going to go harder in the gym. I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to run. I'm going to go lift weights. I'm going right. to do whatever I can to be in the best shape. So. When I do get an opportunity to play, I'll be ready. That's what's up. Now, talk about the next series after that, because I really think that you was the key factor. Um, and, you know, with the Joker, you kind of threw him off. Your physicality threw him off, especially mm-hmm. that first day. It was apparent. I mean, he oh, was yeah. all the way out of sorts. And he, you know, he got quick fouls. And then he was trying to go to the refs. I, I thought, but they didn't talk about it as much. You know how big men mm-hmm. just don't get no love. You know, but yeah. I thought he was a key factor in that series. Well, uh, the, the, the crazy part about it is that we were all staying in the same hotel. Um, and, you know, for me, I just felt like it was mental warfare and I wanted to get in his head any way possible. So their meal room was actually across the hallway from our meal room. So okay. we saw them every day and I would go in there and I would speak to everybody. You know, I would, you know, just, you know, every time I saw the joke, I'd be like, you ready for the night? Oh, so it tomorrow? started early. Yeah, it started so early. every day I was, you know, just, you know, just trying to get in his head uh, because, one, I think he's a really good player. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the battle was won off the court. And uh, that, that was the biggest thing. I just wanted to get in his head. I knew he was the key uh, for them winning the championship if they, uh, they got there. So my thing was be physical with him, uh, get in his head, push him around a little bit. And then uh, actually after uh, game two, uh, we was having film and coach said, all right, you, you did a lot. You know, you already in his head, you know, <laughs> now you don't have to say anything to him. And so right. after, after that, uh, the second game, I didn't even talk no more. I just was quiet and he was already done for every time, you know, uh, I stood up on the bench. Mm-hmm. He was looking over there every yep. time he got he ready to go into the game. I would run to the uh, scorer's table just to, you know, Tell them, hey, every time you get in, I'm right here with you. Right. And uh, it, it worked out great for our team and also myself. And, uh, you know, it was very tough because that was a different role for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm glad I had the opportunity to learn that. And um, it worked out well. You know, it's interesting that just the learning process, and you referred to it a couple of times about mm-hmm. the adjustment from, you know, where you were as being the main person, playing all the minutes, getting all the touches, and everything like that, to being a role player. If you could go back in time, say you could go, you know, you know, like back to the future, you know what I mean? With the mm-hmm. 1.21 gigawatts and the flex capacitor and everything. <laughs> go back in time and talk to 19-year-old Dwight. You know, mm-hmm. by, by Dwight, when I met you back when we was doing big man camp with Clifford Ray, Dwight, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Young Dwight. What, mm-hmm. what would you tell him? What are the main things you would tell him to look out for and what advice would you give to him? I would just say stay locked in. I think that's the biggest thing is staying focused. Um, it's easy to get to the top or it's easy to get somewhere and lose focus because you got everybody telling you how great you are. And um, I just – I would tell myself don't get comfortable. Uh-huh. Uh, stay locked in. Stay focused on the mission. Um, 
and enjoy it. You know, enjoy the moments. You know, I think uh, when I was young, I was so focused on the next thing, the next moment, you know, how to get to this plateau and do this and that instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to stay in this moment. You know, and a lot of the things that, you know, have happened in my career, it's like, man, I can't remember most of them because I was looking in the future instead of just being present. And uh, that was one thing that got me over this year, just always staying in the moment, not worried about what happened the next, the play before or what's going to happen next week. I just stay in on, lock in on that moment. Wow. So what, what is your biggest regret? Um, this is always a tough question, but I always try mm-hmm. to give people a little bit of tough questions because you're reflecting when you get older, you know, you, you, you look at your younger self and mm-hmm. you say, okay, I could have done that a little bit differently. You know, what would be your biggest regret in, in, your, in your career? Oh, that's a great question. I would say my biggest regret, regret would be not allowing my emotions to get the best of me. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, teams and situations with teams, is you know, me not liking a certain situation, just get, getting up and leaving. Um, I think so for me, it's just uh, keeping my emotions intact. Um, But, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know, and I'm a person that doesn't really live with regrets. You know, there's things I wish I could have done better or made some wiser decisions. But, you know, everything has led up until this moment right here, which has been the best moment of my life. You know, so I don't want to take anything away from that, you know, because staying somewhere on another team or doing things a different way would have probably never got me a championship ring, you know, so I'm I'm very happy with, you know, how everything uh, has fallen back in order. Uh And it started with myself, you know, I had to change, you know, everything about who I was internally and uh, just made me a better person, a better player. Um, And also knowing that, you know, I still have all the skills to be who I was in the past, uh, but also knowing that I can do whatever a team needs to win. And that's what's made me, you know, the person and the player that I am today. You know, you, you've been through an era. How many years is this for you now? 16. 16. There you go, yeah. man. <laughs> so, this is so you've been in the league from before social media really exploded yes. to afterwards. And there's yes. a big difference. So big it was difference. easier to ignore things before social media. It you was. know, because you didn't, you didn't really need to see them unless you mm-hmm. were, you know, but with social media. It's everywhere. How do you ignore things? Because that's a, that's what, what advice would you give to younger players in this social media era of how you're able to, I mean, you don't address certain things publicly. You kind of, certain things happen and your name is trending and everything like that. And you don't even mm-hmm. address it, you know, and, and you don't, you know, sometimes a lot of players, they feel the need to address it right there. Like I got to go yeah. and I got to answer this. So I got to, yes. I, I noticed that you don't really do that. Is that, you know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, because. You know, I, I realize that people's opinions that they don't really matter. What matters is what what are you doing with your life? What are you doing, you know, in your personal life? You know, they talked about Jesus. You know, they they, they man, realize that the best thing you could do is stay locked in and stay in the moment. And it's very tough because I've seen a lot of things on the internet. I'm like, man, I really want to just go live and and just put all those rumors and stuff to rest. But at the same time, there's no need to. Um, this is the life that I've chosen as far as going to the NBA. So I know that people are going to, you know, have an opinion on my life and the things that I do on and off the court. 
And you just have to stay mentally strong. You know, it's very tough to do that. Uh, but you got to stay mentally strong. You know, I look at guys like uh, Jay-Z, um, you know, Puffy, all those guys. Uh, they don't respond to when people say things about them. You know, they always take the high road, you know, uh, because they're, they're, they're on a mission. You know, they're trying to get somewhere. And if you if you on a mission, you're trying to get somewhere, you look to the left or to the right and you try to listen to what everybody's saying, you'll miss your mark. And, you know, I don't want to miss mine. That's great. That's great advice right there. You know, I mean, and, and so I, I, I got to ask you. So so it it, it seems like to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it seems more one sided um, mm-hmm. that Shaq has a thing with you and JaVale. I don't know what it is. I gotta <laughs> You're right. My, it, my it does. I'm like, yeah. they don't say anything <laughs> to him. Why is he always saying something about them? I don't. Are y'all, is this some beef we don't know about or are y'all? I have is no clue. That's, yeah. you know, it's crazy. When I first got to the team, me and JaVale was like talking to each other. And I was like, yo, did, did you do something to Shaq? And he was like, <laughs> bro, I don't know, man. Like, he's always talking about us. And I'm like, yeah, man, he is. And, you know, it's just crazy. And I was like, man, let's jump him. And then we just <laughs> laugh. <laughs> but, you know, I just realized, you know, that, you can't please everybody. Everybody's not going to be happy with you and what you're doing with your life. And the way that you kill them is kindness, you know, instead of going back and forth with him, and, you know, um, you know, saying things, you know, just stay locked in, you know, uh, growing up, you know, watching Shaq, you know, I was, uh, you know, happy because he was a big man, and, you know, mm-hmm. he was killing everybody. And mm-hmm. I still think he's uh, probably the most dominant player to ever play the game. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, I, I won't ever, you know, if I had anything negative to say about him, I won't ever say that in the public eye or say that where people can hear it because right. I don't think it's necessary. You know, he has family, he has kids, and he has people who love him. And, you know, I just wasn't brought up that way, you know. So uh, I respect him for all the work he's done. I wish we could play each other again so I could uh, end this beef. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of love for him and uh, the things he's done for the sport. And uh, the way to beat him is to continue to play at a high level and um, not, uh, not allow anything that's negative to uh, seep in my ears, um, but just stay in focus. That's great. Man, that's a great philosophy. You know, I was thinking back to it, and it was, you know, the Superman thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, did that kind of rub him the wrong way a little bit? Did he, I hope did he just not. want Superman only for himself? Like, Because I got the Superman, and it, it totally came from another source. It wasn't even Shaq. You know, it came from uh, one day I was in practice, and I jumped over Bo Outlaw and dunked the ball. And <laughs> everybody was like, man, you really like Superman. And I used to always do the Soldier Boy dance when he had yeah, Superman. I remember that. So that's how Superman came for me. It was everybody always seeing me do the dance at home uh, and in practice. And then uh, once we got uh, to the dunk contest, uh, uh, my cousin, he said, hey, man, you should put on the cape for the dunk contest because you be flying in the air. So I put on the uh, cape in a Superman outfit. And okay. that's where everything came from. It had nothing to do with Shaq or trying to be like him or anything like that. It was more so just because I love to dance and I jumped over somebody and I did the Superman dunk. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. I don't, yeah. No, I mean, it, that, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, every time I see it, I'm like, what is, like I said, it seems one-sided. Yeah, it does I don't hear y'all ever going back. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you kill somebody with kindness and you give him respect and he's definitely, you know, a legend and you know, it's just leave it at that. I want to ask you something else, switching gears a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Earlier this year, I, I wrote during the bubble season, I wrote another article and I said that um, Stephen A. Smith and uh, Charles Barkley and a lot of the commentators, I said that they owed you, um, Kyrie Irving and uh, Avery Bradley in particular, apologies. Yes. And yes. the reason, see, you saw that too? You mm -hmm. can watch a little bit. Yes. So, so the, the, I, and I said that because, and just to tell everybody the background of the reason why I said that, um, they were really harsh with their criticisms of y'all when y'all suggested that since everything that was going on with police brutality, with social unrest, everything like that, that maybe, you know, basketball wasn't the number one priority. Y'all just suggested it. Y'all, you know, yes. what I mean? they just lambasted you in the media. But they then did. during the during the uh, bubble season, after Jacob Blake was was shot multiple times in broad daylight and all the players went on strike. Then they were singing their praises. And Stephen A. Smith was like, oh, they're using their platform so, you know, courageously and all that. I was like, wait a minute. You was, I was like, okay, y'all hold him. So that's why, did, and I wanted to ask, did, did he ever address it with y'all? Did they ever no, None of them did. Nobody said anything. And, you know, it's crazy because it's not like we didn't want to play. Right. But we're looking at everything that has been happening in our society, and we're like, man, we got to do something about this. Like, we have the biggest voices out of any athletes. And, mm -hmm. you know, our thing was, hey, let's get the athletes together from WNBA, NBA, football players, baseball, um, artists, uh, everybody that has a platform. Let's all try to get together and change this because the one thing that's missing is unity. We've never been on the same page or, or we've never been one unit, you know, as a nation. You know, we say United States of America, but are we really united? And, you know, we wanted to start that uh, that whole front of, hey, we're going to be on the same page. You want to be united. And everybody killed us. With. And it was very upsetting. You know, I was getting a lot of crazy messages from people, and you know, just hearing people talk about us. I'm like, dang, like all we try to do is. They see us come together. You know, I've been in the league for so long, and I've seen so many incidents happen back when Trayvon Martin died and, and, and Floyd and just all the people who have passed away from, you know, from police brutality. And, you know, our, our mindset was, man, something has to change. We've worn T-shirts. We've taken pictures. We've done all the things that look good on camera. But now it's time to get out there and really make some change. And, you know, the one thing I wish we really did was, get together with, you know, the women from the WNBA because they're powerful. A lot of the mm -hmm. things that they've done and said has really motivated a lot of us. And, you know, it's nothing it's, – it's, it, I think at this time we, we all need to have, you know, great women, you know, in, in leadership, you know, because they're not afraid. They're not afraid to say things and they're not afraid to do things. And um, they're the backbone of everything. So um, – we were we were extremely, you know, hurt by the things that people said. But, you know, all in all, I think winning the championship, it brought some kind of togetherness. Um, still hasn't changed a lot of, you know, things, you know, globally. But 
You know, I know a lot of people felt like this championship that the Lakers won this year was for everybody, and I felt the same way. Uh, and, you know, there's still more work to be done. You know, it's interesting. I, I saw, and I made this comparison um, in an article I wrote for The Guardian, and I was talking about LeBron. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about how I made a comparison to Muhammad Ali. As, and the comparison I made was that the opposition is rooting for him to fail because they disagree yes. with the message. And yes. I haven't seen that to this level from anybody, you know, since Muhammad Ali. Did, did y'all feel that as well? We did. You know, every day, you know, everything we saw is like so many people, you know, going back with LeBron and saying things, you know, just crazy. And I'm like, man, nobody can have an opinion in our society anymore or want to change something, something that they feel strongly about. And, you know, it's just upsetting when it's like, man, all we all want is change. Mm -hmm. And then all of us realize while we're in the bubble that the change that we really wanted started with us. You know, we right. want the world to change. We can't change the world. It's, you know, I tell people all the time, you can't change the ocean, but you can change the direction that you sail in the ocean. And, you know, that's how we, that's how we, you know, take that approach. You know, we can't change everybody's opinion, but, you know, people will follow us if we're, if we're going down the right path. So take me through what happened in the bubble, because there's been a lot of different reporting, a lot of different speculation, um, mm -hmm. people getting facts wrong because that's what happens with media sometimes. Um, but when, when everybody went on strike, and they mm -hmm. said the, the, the um, you all, the Lakers and the Clippers were two of the people that didn't want to come back, maybe. They wanted to continue uh, striking. But then you hear all these different stories and anonymous sources and all of that. What to Walk me through the process and then what came from that. Because I want to know specifically what happened when the Board of Governors came and met with you all. You know what we I mean? Was I, I, we was uh, ready to go. Um, our team and the Clippers, we were ready to go because you know, like I said, we tried all the other things. You know, right. we knelt doing the national anthem. We we talked about it's it like this is still happening and nobody's right. hearing us. So, you know, um our team had a meeting and the consensus was we out. Let's get together, let's go and let's get on the front lines. And um I would say by the end of that night, everybody was like, Yo, we need y'all to play, we need everybody to come back. Uh, um because when you say so everybody, many, who who was saying that to y'all? Um, just other teams. Okay. Um, uh, people. Uh, Obama had called uh, LeBron and told him what impact that you know we would have by playing and winning. You know, we made a big statement. I think uh, once we set out, you know, everybody started to sit. You know, and say, right. all right, now let's we we got to do something. You know, I think mm -hmm. we got everybody's attention, and that was the biggest thing. You know, uh, people are watching. They're, they're watching us now. And, mm -hmm. you know, now it's about giving the right example. And I think uh, the message that we, we got across the NBA and with all the fans and you know, people around the world is, you know, these guys aren't playing. They really want to see change and they're really to do or they're willing to do whatever it takes uh, to see change. And, you know, I was very happy about that, you know. Um, but we were, we were probably, uh, 45 minutes away from packing our bags and everybody leaving uh, the bubble. Right. So, you know, it was, it was a very close call. 
<laughs> you know, let, so let me ask you this. So when the um, different CEOs came, and I, I don't call them owners for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. but the different CEOs came down and met with y'all. Um, Adam Silver calls them the governors. So the board of governors mm -hmm. met with y'all. What was the conversation like between you two? And, what, and how did they say that they were going to help? Well, the, uh, the conversation that we had uh, was more so about what can they do to help us and mm -hmm. if they're willing to you know, go the extra mile and to get people to vote and do stuff like that. Um, that's where the conversation started. I, for one, felt like um, just getting everybody to vote wasn't enough for for what is going on in our society. We need more change than just voting. Um, but one thing that they did mention to us was how, you know, they felt like they needed to be more on a united front with all of us. And that was key. You know, because you, usually you see it's the owners and the players. Right. And they're never together. Right. And, you know, th for the first time I've seen most of the, you know, the, the board of governors, uh, they were on the same page as us. You know, they're willing to do whatever it took to, to, to cause change in our society. So, you know, I was very happy about that. And um, we had a very long conversation with, you know, the, the board of governors and, uh, that's why now you see the the coalition that we have for, you know, the NBA and, you know, how we plan on, you know, basically using our voices and the owners to 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 go in our cities and cause change in, you know, each and every one of our our cities. Right. Now you're talking about the social change fund, right? Um, yes. That's what was formed from that. You know, I, I had an interesting conversation with Mark Cuban and you know i i was i was his first draft pick that he ever made when he when he um took over the mavericks so we have this relationship and so i challenged him and a lot of different other ceos to use their power in the specific cities where they are so so say for instance mark cuban in dallas and you know he's a billionaire you know with a b yes. so that's a yes. whole different level of influence. whole different level so, so i yes. was like okay if you have this power you're rubbing elbows and in the circles with the police chief, with the, uh, you know, mayor, with the governor. Yes. And I was like, so you could use your power. And I use the example of what happened here in Washington with the Washington football team, where, you know, Dan Snyder said forever he was not going to change the name. And then you had FedEx, FedEx say, well, if you don't change the name, you're going to lose us as a sponsor. And then mm -hmm. like overnight, he changed the name. And right. I said, okay, so why don't you, Mark Cuban, and some of the other CEOs in the cities where you are, use that same influence and say, okay, if the police department doesn't adopt some of these um, sensible methods of police reform, you're going to lose funding. And, I, and you'll, yes. I guarantee you, you'll see a difference. But I, yes. I, want, you know, I want guys to push for them to do more than just say, we're with you, Black Lives Matter, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. They're billionaires. They can I have a lot, of, a lot of influence. I definitely agree. I, I think that they should actually do more um, than what has been done. You know, I think uh, not only do they have uh, a great voice, they have the resources. Right. You know, and, and that's something that we, the people, you know, um, in the communities, we need those resources, mm -hmm. you know, to elevate, you know, our communities. You know, it's very tough. For us to do it, they, you know, play, uh, people look at all the players to be the ones to make the difference. Um, and yes, we have the voice, we have the platform, but we need that backing from the the the, the owners, you know, like Mark Cuban and 
like Genie Bus. We need the owners to actually be the ones to 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 make a stand with us and and make the change because they have that they have the resources and they have the connections and stuff that maybe we can't get into some of those doors or you know even if we get in those doors you know we need people to help knock down those walls so we can actually start moving right and all of them kind of seemed open to working with you right from what i'm hearing yeah. you just got to keep pushing them right they seem open that's right being open to it and actually working is two different things right you know so i'm glad that they're open to helping us uh -huh. but um they need to actually you know get down in the trenches with us be on the front line um and, and help cause change because we're at a new place in our society and we really need each other you know right all of us are experiencing something that you know we've never experienced before in this pandemic and uh it's been really hard on a lot of families and um right now the biggest thing is unity it doesn't matter you know what color what race uh, creed religion that you go by mm -hmm. you know right now unity is is the, the most beneficial thing now at any time of the bubble were a lot because you heard about the conversations that was going on during that time. You heard Doc Rivers, who really stepped up in an amazing way to put, you know, to have leadership and you know have that role. Talk to me about the conversations that were going on, not only within um, your own teammates, but with other um, teams. Oh yeah, as well. and we had uh, the, this. I've been in the league for sixteen years, and mm -hmm. um, this year was the first time all of us have come together and had a conversation. You know, and that says a lot, you know, because I haven't seen it. And, you know, I recall sitting down um, in front of the hotel with uh, Joaquin Noah. Me and him been knowing each other since we were 15. Wow. And the conversation that I had with him was, you know, how all of us have to really put down our egos and our pride and come together. You know, this is the perfect time. You know, we never had this opportunity to where we're in one location playing basketball we've always been separated in our own cities doing our own thing but now we're isolated for uh -huh. three months what can we do together to cause change and it started with having those conversations so actually uh we all actually built some real good you know um friendships you know just based off being in the bubble which is very key you know um because it wasn't a lot to do on the bubble. You know, we were only, we were really just stuck to our hotel. Um, we couldn't use none of the amenities of Disney World. Right. Uh, so the best thing we could do was talk. Right. And so we spent a lot of time talking, not just the players, but, you know, we would see the referees, uh, which for me, it was like, man, I don't want to talk to no referees. <laughs> They've been giving me bad calls my whole life. Right. I hate it. <laughs> Uh, but we had a great opportunity to talk with the refs, uh, not only the refs, but the, the people who work, you know, for the NBA that we never really get a chance to see. We had right. a chance to see these people for the first time. But we all actually had great conversations. And I think um, coming out of the bubble, you know, everybody has this like this new sense of, you know, I would say this newfound love uh -huh. and appreciation for, you know, everybody that was in the bubble because, you know, it's very tough for all of us to be away from our families, our friends, and our loved ones for right. so long, especially during the pandemic. Right. And you're talking about the bubble. You know, what? what is the system that they're going to use going forward? Like, what? I, I know that you, they had discussions and, they've, and they had dates. And I saw mm -hmm. everybody just, um, you know, voted to, to start 
December, whatever it is. 20, uh, 22nd, yeah. 22nd, right. But they mm-hmm. haven't talked about what system they're going to use. And that's what I, I keep hope listening to. It's I not a bubble. Not, I hope it's not the bubble. But they haven't said either way, though, right? They haven't. Thank you. Uh, it, it, is, it would be very hard to play without fans again. You know, and that was right. part of the hardest part for all of us, just playing with nobody in the stands. And um, I, for one, hope that we don't have to deal with another bubble. It's very but the tough. coronavirus numbers are going up everywhere right now. So I don't know they how are. they're going to bring back fans. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just looking for a plan, and I haven't heard any plan yet. Play outside. Um, <laughs> make, make the arena, open the arenas up to like to almost like how the football games be at least so we can feel like just not having fans has been was hard. so hard you yeah. know because in the games it's like it's it's quiet you can hear everything you can hear people's feet moving right. on the court you can hear all the conversations behind the scorers table right you can, hear, you can see the cameras you can hear the cameras around the arena snapping pictures and rolling yeah, things that yeah. you could never hear playing with fans. So it was kind of like a whole new experience for all of us. And you really had to bring your own energy. So yeah. if you didn't bring energy, it was dead. It was it was lights out for you. So, But you brought energy. Like y'all, yeah. I would say you and Japan, like the whole Lakers team, y'all was bringing energy. You know what I mean? Yes. Caruso on the sideline, everybody. So y'all brought it i i just worry because you know as far as the coronavirus concerns you know i want everybody to be safe and that is true. that's why i keep here okay what's the formula what's the plan what what kind of you know um protocols are we going to be using because i look at the nfl and they always have a positive test positive yeah, results. See, you see that's the thing you know i understand the nba doesn't want that uh, right. But it's just so hard to not have these fans. You know, we yeah. miss them. I, 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 one for myself, fans give you kind of like a sense of energy when you're playing in front of us. Like, man, right. all these people came to see us play basketball. Right. This is a great feeling. So I'm going to go out there and put on a show. I get it. You know? So I it's just it. hard to really just play without fans. But, uh, you know, our health and the health of our families and people around the United States and the world. Right. It's, it's more important. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, so I would like to see you – I'd like to see everybody come back from the Lakers, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'd like to see the whole crew come back and run it back again. You mm-hmm. know, but I know the way that, you know, free agency works and everything like that, that usually doesn't happen. And you see rumors all the time. I'm going to ask you, yeah. would you like to come back to L.A.? You know, I would love to. You know, I would love to come back and play. I think um, – the season that we had this year was kind of like a test for us all. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we were, you know, trying to learn each other, trying to figure everything out. And uh, in the process, we won a championship. Right. You know, so I would love for all of us to come back. You know, I would love to come back and play for the Lakers again. Um, you know, hopefully uh, this year um, they give me a contract. You'll be guaranteed. You know, yeah, that's, that's, the big, that's the biggest thing. You know, I don't, don't want to play for free anymore. Right. You know, this year was, this year was like, okay, I'll do whatever. You know, but I think that you know I've earned, you know, a right to have, you know, an opinion on, you know, a contract for myself. Right. right. So that's the biggest thing. But you know, I would definitely love to come back and play for the Lakers, uh, the best fans in the world. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, my wife plays for the Sparks, so to be yep, great. I hear you. 
you know, for both of us to still be in the same city and play. Oh, I'm sure that's big. Okay. Yes. And, and you brought up, how is married life for you? You know what? I love it. Mm-hmm. I actually love it. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's new for me. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, I had never had a situation like that. Um, but, you know, I'm very happy. And I think uh, it's really just brought more peace, more happiness. Um, but also it just changed my life, you know. Um, when you have a really great woman behind you, on your mm-hmm. side, you know, it just seems to make everything better. So I'm very grateful uh, for her and, you know, how she's, uh, you know, just been like my rock and my foundation. And it seems like y'all just have fun together. Like all y'all the just, time. Y'all just both be smiling. Uh, all the time. <laughs> we're, like, we're, we're like twins, you know. It's just crazy. Like, we, I, I, we definitely enjoy each other's company. Uh, she pushes me to be a greater person. And, uh, you know, I just try to, you know, push her, you know, to, to, to reach new heights. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. doing such an amazing job. And uh, just try to be there for her in every way that I can. And y'all work out together too, huh? Work out together, eat together, cook together, pray together. Uh, we try to do as much things as we can together. And uh, it's really good. You know, I enjoy it. That's good. That's a blessing. Yeah, I, having, a, having a wife is a... It's a blessing. Who find he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. A you great know? thing. <laughs> a great yes. thing. I can definitely attest to that. Shout out and to the women Nicole. are winning right now. Women well, are oh, winning right now. Sure. So it's like, why not have a great woman by your side? You know, they're right. gonna lead you in the right direction. And um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, the the man might be the head of the household, but mm-hmm. the body, the neck, it, the, the the head can't turn without the neck. That's right. And, and you know, uh, my my wife, you know, she's I listen to her voice and the things that she's saying, the directions that we want to move in. And, mm-hmm. You know, she's just been awesome. And I'm very thankful for her. That's great. That's great. Well, look, I'm proud of you, proud of everything you're doing, you know, you know, for big men everywhere. I'm proud of you for, <laughs> Thank you know, you. the way and the redemption, you know, being able to answer critics and prove them wrong and prove because a lot of people and i'm sure you heard it when you came there like all right this might be his final chance he might yeah. never play again if this don't work i know you heard yeah. that and every day proved everybody wrong and shut everybody up and now yes, they sir. just they gotta give you props you know what i mean because you, you played well and y'all won a championship so yes, i would sir. i personally would like to see y'all you come back and and y'all you know go for it again back to back that's that's That'd my awesome. hope but That'd i'll be, be over awesome. here rooting for you so Thanks Thank again so for coming much. on. Thanks again for coming on, Thank man. You. I miss all the battles we had too. Man. Oh, we, we had, had some, some great battles. battles. Yeah, we it had some great battles player. back in the it day. Made me, it made me a better player and a better person. So I'm very That's grateful up. for those moments, man. Well, the thing is, we didn't. We both didn't shy away from contact. We liked contact. At all. I, we, that 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 <laughs> that kind of helped me as as long as the further I went on in my career, mm-hmm. just having those battles like that because it taught me something. You know, it mm. taught me to never give up, you know, on myself, no matter who my opponent is, no matter how strong, no matter how tough they are, you know, just stay mentally strong. And, you know, you as a big reason for that. So well, that's what's up. That's what's thank up. You. Appreciate that, man. Much respect yes, to you, man. All yes, right. So sir. you have a good one. Stay safe. And uh, I'll be rooting for you. Thank you so much. All right. That's what's up. Bless. All right. Thank you for listening to The Rematch. You can find more episodes on basketballnews.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. 
be sure to subscribe and leave a review. You can also find my articles on basketballnews.com, along with exclusive content from Kenyon Martin, Vinny Del Negro, James Posey, and more. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AtonThomas36. Let me know what you thought of this episode and who you'd like to see as a guest. I would love your feedback.